0: So we are in a message series right now talking about prayer. And we are in the middle of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I've talked with some of you along the way here throughout the course of the last uh, week. And every person that I've spoken to about this particular season, this 21 days of prayer and fasting, has agreed with me that this year has been different somehow. It has been different for some reason. And I fasted this past week. And it was an incredible time of fasting and prayer for me. God is moving in a very unique, And a very powerful way in our Trilogy family through this time this year of fasting and prayer. I've heard many stories from people in the church about how God is speaking to them, how God is using them, how God is breaking chains in their lives and in others. It is just a really powerful season for us. And if you haven't joined in yet, it is not too late. Uh, We still have two weeks to go, and God is just getting started writing new stories through this season. So if you've never fasted before, uh, first of all, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to week's one sermon from this series on the app. It's a great kind of intro to what fasting is. I'm not going to rehash all that today. Uh, It's right there in the app. Go to Messages and listen to week one of this 21 Days series, and it will really educate you a lot as to what biblical fasting is for and why and what it looks like. But it is an amazing experience. It is commanded by God, and it's something we get to do together as a church family to challenge one another, to encourage one another. So I encourage you to be part of this. We also have been meeting together every morning at 7 a.m. on Zoom, and there are consistently 15 to 20 people every morning at 7 a.m. who are joining us to listen to a quick teaching from Pastor Ken, who has done a phenomenal job of leading us at 7 a.m. Yeah, please, give Pastor Ken a hand. Uh, It's been fantastic. I have been so blessed each morning to hear his insights and guidance into what we should be praying for and how we should pray for it. So jump on Zoom tomorrow morning uh, and join us if you haven't done that yet. Uh, it's, it's just a great time together. And today I want to talk about something that is incredibly important and really at the same time incredibly confusing and mysterious to a lot of us. Uh, and that topic is hearing God speak. Hearing God speak. And it's one of the most asked questions I've gotten as a pastor over the years. I would say pretty consistently, it's the most asked question of me as a pastor. Uh, it's, you know, people genuinely want to know how to hear, how to recognize God's voice. How do I get God to speak to me? How do I know if it's really him and not just wishful thinking? Uh, what if it's really the devil and I mistakenly think it's God directing me? Uh, lots and lots and lots of questions. Around this, and I want to hit some of that today. And to get there, we've got to talk about some dangerous praying. Dangerous praying. I think the majority of people who pray, and this is globally, pray pretty bland prayers. You know, I, I, I think of a lot of teenagers when I was, you know, growing up, a lot of my friends in church, most prayers are limited to walking into a class completely unprepared for a test. That's an opportunity. Big trouble in some area, needing to fire up a prayer flare, you know, God help. Um, or sitting down to a meal. You know, that's, that's a lot of the prayer focus. Uh, and most mealtime prayers, I don't think, really move the heart of God, right? Um, when, I was, when I was a kid, my, my dad's side of the family, it, when you sat down to eat, it was the same prayer every time. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food. Amen. I don't think God is just like jumping up and down over that prayer. Um, possibly. I don't know. You know, good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. You know, that's, that's another one. Uh, then there's Ricky Bobby, but we won't go into that. A lot of prayers, honestly, are lame. <laughs> A lot of them are incredibly self-centered. And they're bland. They're incredibly safe prayers. God, be with us. He said he'd never leave us, but nevertheless, be with us. Keep us safe, incredibly safe prayers. Following Jesus was never meant to be safe, church. And I believe our prayer lives should align with the riskiness and the intensity of what our lives following Jesus should look like. I believe one of the greatest things you could do for your prayer life is to pray dangerous prayers with great faith. It will change your spiritual journey when you begin to pray dangerous prayers. Today, we're going to look at a very dangerous prayer, and this is the prayer that a little boy prayed in the Old Testament. It's found in the book of 1 Samuel, third chapter. So, let me give you the context of what we're about to talk about here. Samuel was a little boy who prayed this prayer, and he was maybe 11 or 12 years of age. So, if you can imagine a fifth or sixth grade boy praying this dangerous prayer, okay? Um, Little Samuel worked in the temple, he worked for the priest named Eli. And the problem is, Eli had not been honoring God. Uh, His family was out of control. Eli was sinning. He hadn't turned his heart back to God. He hadn't disciplined his family. He hadn't called them to repent. He hadn't led well as the priest. He was sinning against God. And so one day, this little fifth grader or so went to bed, and the Lord spoke to this boy and said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel woke up. He heard his name. And just so you know, anytime a name is repeated twice in the Bible, there's an intensity to it, okay? So anytime God says somebody's name twice, there is an intensity. There is a, a heaviness to that call. It's not just a, hey, hey, Jay, hey, Jay. You know, just one time calling, that's no big deal. But when I say, Jay, Jay, man, you better respond, okay? It's like when mom uses the middle name. Okay, that's, that's when God uses the name twice. And Samuel woke up, heard his name, and he thought, who is that? He wasn't expecting to hear from God, so he dashed into the priest's room and said, did you call me? Did I, did I miss something? Did you say my name? And the priest, you know, confused, like, no, go back to bed. And so little boy did, and a second time the voice of the Lord said, Samuel, Samuel. And he woke up startled, ran again into the priest's room. Did you call me? Did you call me? And the priest said, no, I didn't call you again. Go back to bed. A third time, the voice of the Lord said, Samuel, Samuel. And he dashed into the priest's room again. And the priest realized, oh, my goodness, the Lord may be speaking to this boy. If you hear your name again, what I want you to do, Samuel, is I want you to stop, and I want you to tell God you want to hear from him. Tell him you're his servant and that you're listening. And we see the story in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. The Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, and this little boy prayed an incredibly dangerous prayer when he said to God, speak, your servant is listening. Speak to me, God. I really want to hear your voice. And what's incredibly cool is that God did speak to Samuel in that moment, which is awesome. But what God said to him was not an easy message. It wasn't something pleasant to hear. Now, before I tell you what it is that God spoke to little Samuel, how about a little bit of Bible trivia, okay? For 500 points and an extra room on your mansion in heaven, you can answer this question. Here's your question. How many times in the Bible did God speak and give an assignment and the assignment was easy to fulfill? (laughs) Yeah, think about it. Think about every story in Scripture When God would speak to someone and say, here's what I want you to do. And they said, oh, that's easy, God, no problem. Think of all the different examples. You won't find a single time when God gave someone an assignment that was easy to do. I think I could think of some that Jesus did. You know, like, hey, Peter, cast the net on the other side of the boat. Okay, that probably wasn't too challenging for him. Maybe embarrassing, but it wasn't too challenging. But anytime God spoke to somebody from heaven and told them to do something, there was a weight there okay uh noah hey build an ark noah's like what's an ark he said it's a really big boat about the size of a football field and a half what's a football field never mind that'll come later build it go round up a male and a female of every living creature i'm going to flood the world and then you're going to single-handedly repopulate the earth oh easy god i'll do that right after lunch jonah i want you to go to preach to the most wicked perverse violent people alive and tell them repent or die easy god yeah right that was so hard to swallow he famously said no and ran the exact other way new testament an angel of the lord appears to Mary, a teenage girl mary you're gonna give birth to a son even though you're an unmarried virgin and oh by the way he's gonna be the son of god oh that's so cool god that's so cool think about this It's gonna help my brand it's gonna blow up on social media hashtag son of god hashtag blessed hashtag humbled to raise the son of god Every time God would speak and give someone an assignment, it would challenge their faith. It would stretch them. It was never easy to hear. And if you have the faith and you have the courage to pray, speak to me, Lord. When God does, what I hope you know is that it may convict you. His voice may challenge you. What he asks you to do may seem completely impossible. And what I can promise you is God's call will stretch you and teach you to depend on him and live with an even greater faith. It always does. So the little boy says, speak, God, I'm listening. And unfortunately, what God didn't say to little Samuel was, okay, now that I've got your attention, I just wanted to announce to you I'm going to pour out all my blessings on all people. Go share it. God didn't say that. What God said to him, to a little boy, about my son Jaden's age, he said, Eli has been sinning against me. What he's doing is not right. He hasn't turned his heart or the people's hearts back toward me. Therefore, I'm going to judge his household. I'm going to judge this nation. And I'm trusting you, a little boy, to carry this message. God says, so I can make things right. Now, when God says, I'm going to make things right, If there's no repentance, that means judgment. It's a burden to carry. It's a weight that God trusts to a little boy. It's a very dangerous prayer, he prayed. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. In other words, I want to encourage you. Do not pray this prayer. Speak, Lord. Don't pray for God to speak unless you want to hear what he has to say. Don't pray for God to speak unless you want to hear what he has to say. Speak, Lord. I want to hear your voice. What I want to do is take maybe a step back for just a moment and talk about prayer from a bigger perspective. Uh, And what I hope you understand, prayer in essence is communicating with God at its fundamental level. That's what prayer is. It's us communicating with our creator. Going before his throne of grace and any form of real meaningful communication in any area of life is not one way. Meaningful communication is always two-way. In other words, praying to God isn't us just talking to him, but praying is actually investing time listening to God. Notice I didn't say spending time. I hate using that word spending time. It's always investing time when we're doing something that is productive and is going to bring a return in our lives. Spending is wasteful. Investing brings a return. And when you're taking time to listen to the voice of God, that is an investment. In fact, I would argue that God has done way more when I listen to him than when I talk to him, when he speaks to me. See, prayer is not just talking, but prayer is pausing to listen to what God has to say. Now I wonder for some of us if God ever wants to say as we're praying, enough already. You've told me how you want me to do things. Now, would you just pause and give me a chance to respond back? I love you so much, I want to speak to you, I want to guide you, I want to respond to you. In other words, God is always speaking. The question is, are you ever listening? God is a speaking God. I mean, how did God create everything that is? He spoke into existence. What's another name for Jesus? He's the living word. God's voice is incredibly important to his very nature. We need to make sure we're hearing and responding to the voice of God. So you may say, okay, I'm in. I know it's dangerous, but I want to pray. I want to hear the voice of God. How do I hear the voice of God? What I want to do is I want to try to put this on the bottom shelf. I want to make this as simple as I can, easily accessible, and give you three simple thoughts that may help you to be postured to hear the voice of God. And the first thing I would encourage you to do is against all the trajectory of everything in our culture, fight to be still before God. Be still, to pause and to rest in his presence. In fact, Psalm 46 tells us how to experience the presence of God. And let me tell you, it doesn't say, it doesn't say, be frantic and you will know that I am God. It doesn't say, be incredibly busy, and you will know that I am God. Seek me on the go, and you will experience me. No, it says in Scripture, in Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. Pause. Stop. Be still and know that I am the Lord your God. Be still. Question for you. When is the last time you binge-watched Netflix for an hour? Or Hulu or Amazon Prime or Disney Plus. When's the last time you've done that? Spent an hour watching shows on those. When's the last time you just scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and scrolled on social media and then you realize an hour's gone by? Or played games or worked out or done something else that you enjoy, read a book or whatever. Just devoted an hour of your day to something. Now ask yourself, when is the last time I've just paused shut everything down, and spent an hour or so enjoying the presence of God, listening to hear his voice. You see, to really hear God's voice, we need to slow the pace and silence all the noise of the shouting of this world. And that takes discipline. And that takes intentionality. And that takes time. Just pause and listen. Be still and know that I am the Lord. In fact, Jesus said this about prayer. Jesus says, when you pray, do not be like the Pharisees who go out on the street corners, who pray long and loud, impressive prayers for everyone else to hear. Look how spiritual I am. But he said, instead, go to the privacy of your own prayer closet. Lock the door, put everything out of your mind in that moment, and just enjoy my presence all alone. Be still and know that I am God. It's a dangerous prayer. Speak, Lord. So you might say, okay, so Jeff, am I going to hear the audible voice of the Lord? You might. You know, Morgan Freeman speaking to you in King James language, it might happen. You may hear from God with an audible voice. I haven't. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I know people who have. So it can happen. We see it in the Bible, but it's not always that way. Um, But I want to tell you that I do hear from God in all sorts of different ways and I want to share some of that with you today. How might you hear from God? There's so many different ways. First of all, the most important, most reliable is to recognize that God speaks through his word. God speaks through the Bible. His word is living. His word is active. It will speak to you. It will convict you of wrongdoing. It will convict you of sinfulness. It will correct you. It will guide you. It will comfort you. It will encourage you. It will challenge you. It will build your faith. It is God's living word. We are people of the word. If you tell me you haven't heard from God, I would tell you you're probably not spending any time reading the Bible because his word speaks to you. God speaks through his word. So if you want to hear God more consistently and you're not consistently read the Bible, that's where you start. Begin to have a regular time of getting God's word into your life. Number two, God also speaks through people. God might speak to you through a message here at Trilogy. I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me after a service over the years and said, Pastor, that sermon was just for me. That was exactly what I needed to to hear, And that's incredible. I love to hear that. And it's not because I'm such a good pastor that I know what everyone in the church needs to hear at all times. No, it's because we serve such a good God that he leads me to share messages that are going to speak to you in the right way at the right times. God might speak to you through a song that someone wrote. God might speak to you through a close friend. He could speak to you through your spouse. That sometimes gets annoying, but it's really important and powerful. Uh, God will speak to you through people. God speaks through a lot of different people. He'll also speak to you through circumstances. It's really cool. Like, you'll think there's no way that you could ever do what you'd like to do, and suddenly this door opens, and that had to be God. Or you really, really want something. You really want it, but the door closes on it. And you wonder, how did that happen? Maybe God closed that door. Some of you, you ought to thank God for a closed door. Some of you do thank God for a closed door. Maybe you were dating that door, and you wanted it, and now 10 years later, you see where that door is. You ought to thank God someone else walked through that door. Thank you, God, you closed that door for me. God opens doors. God closes doors. He uses circumstances. This happened to me when I left my last ministry position in Arizona, and I was praying about what I was supposed to do next. And as I prayed, it's always a good idea as you pray about something to keep moving okay? Uh, I've always used the expression, God, you can't steer a parked car, okay? The car needs to be moving to be able to steer it. And so I, when I pray about something, I always keep going and let God direct me as I go. And as I prayed, it's always a good idea, you know, pray, pray as if it depends entirely on God and work as if it enti- depends entirely on you. So just give all the effort you can. So I was making calls, sending out resumes, talking to friends in ministry, and I had several times where I was sure that God had gift-wrapped an opportunity for me and my family. Like, oh, this is right. This Obviously, this is right. Uh, This was the place, nice position, great church, probably a really good salary to provide for my family, and God slammed that door in my face. My nose was bloody from all the doors that had slammed in my face by the end of this process. No entry. And after a few months of this, even when everything seemed to line up, door closed. After a few months of this, I finally gave in to another way God was speaking to me, through Melissa. And she kept telling me, Jeff, I really think God is leading us to plant a church. And as we prayed, she kept saying that. And I said, get thee behind me, wife. Um, it's, it's not what I wanted to do, so therefore God couldn't possibly be in that, right? Because he hadn't given me that desire. Because <laughs> God always calls us to do easy things that we're desperately wanting to do, right? Um, And eventually, I listened to that voice and began pursuing church planting, and one thing led to another, and I am now living the most exciting ministry assignment I have ever had. The most fulfilling, the most gratifying, the most incredible ministry that I've ever done, I feel, is since I gave in to God's calling and moved to Texas to plant this church. And we all get to experience this miracle that is Trilogy Church. And we're sitting here today as a church family because God spoke. God is speaking. Are you listening? God will also speak to you through his spirit. God will speak to you through the Holy Spirit. For those of you that are followers of Christ, you are spiritually new. You are a new person spiritually. In other words, your spirit can communicate with God's spirit. There is a a relationship there, and that's why when you just kind of ask God, guide me, God, direct me, lead me, speak to me, you'll have the most unusual just senses or promptings of what you're supposed to do. And you don't necessarily, you're not going to be able to explain it, but you'll say things like, I don't know why, but I just feel prompted to do something. I can't completely explain it, but I'm feeling led to do this. And you might wonder, how do I know if this is God when you feel those things? Have you ever had that question? How do I know if this is God? What I know is whenever you're being prompted to be a blessing or to be generous, that's never the devil telling you to bless somebody. That's never the devil telling you to be generous and to give okay? That's the Lord. I'm feeling prompted to reach out to express my care for you. I don't know why, but I feel like I'm supposed to call you. I don't know why, but I thought I was supposed to pray for you. I can't quite discern the reason behind it, but I thought I was supposed to give this to you. Be still and know that you are God. Be still. This happened to me last week. During my time of fasting, it was day four of my fast, and let me just say from my own personal experience, when you fast, you are positioning yourself to more readily hear and discern the voice of God. When you fast, you're eliminating distractions, that act of self-denial. It positions you to more readily hear the voice of God. Maybe it is that self-denial. I don't know why. I really don't know. Maybe it's the dependence on God. Maybe it's just because we're living in obedience to what God has called us to do as believers. But I never hear God's voice more clearly than when I'm doing an extended fast. That's just my personal experience. And Melissa and I on on Thursday had gone out that night to pray with someone from the church who was struggling, really needed God's power to intervene, and we had an amazing time of prayer, and we got home from that around 11.30 or so at night. And so I got to bed around midnight, which is not an abnormal time for me. I tend to be up at least to around midnight, 1 o'clock, somewhere around there. Um, But all week, this past week, due to not eating, I was incredibly drained and weak at night. Just a body's natural response. And I was going to bed around 8.30, 9 o'clock. I was gone, okay? And so uh, midnight was extremely late for me this past week. That was very unusual. And I, I crawled into bed, exhausted, and nothing. Could not fall asleep, I laid there until 3 o'clock in the morning, couldn't fall asleep. But it was not wasted time. After a few minutes of not being able to fall asleep, I figured that the Holy Spirit was keeping me awake for a reason, so I started to pray. And when that didn't bring sleep, usually when that happens, I start to pray, within a few minutes I'm gone. (laughs) Okay, Um, But it didn't, so I just kept praying. I prayed for Melissa. I prayed for my kids. I prayed for Trilogy. I prayed for y'all. I prayed for this building. I prayed for our community. I prayed for the people God has placed in my life who need to know Jesus. I just kept going. And then a little before 2 a.m., God laid on my heart to pray for Scott Fullerton. And Scott and his family, they attended Trilogy for years And uh, they were one of the original families that helped start the church, and they left Trilogy during uh, the COVID quarantine season. Uh, They left. And and Scott recently has been in the hospital with COVID and has double pneumonia, uh, not a good situation at all. And so I prayed for Scott. I had been praying for Scott. I'd been praying for him throughout the past week, but I prayed again. And when I got done with that prayer, I felt like I was supposed to text him and let him know. Remember, it's now like 2 in the morning. Uh, But I texted him. Hey, man, been praying for you for a few days now, and the Holy Spirit just woke me up with a burden to pray for you again. I just wanted to let you know I'm fighting with you in prayer, my friend. And I went back to praying, and I finally fell asleep right around 3 o'clock in the morning. The next morning, around 10 a.m., I got a text back from Scott, and it said this. I was crashing right then. Don't tell me that God doesn't lead. When you feel a prompting to pray for someone, stop and pray. Don't wonder, is this God? Don't question, is this myself? If you feel a prompting to pray, let me promise you, it won't hurt anything. But not obeying could have life-altering consequences. There's a reason and I let him know that God had his hand on him and that I'd continue to pray, and so would Trilogy. So please remember to pray for Scott, that God would complete his healing and he would be released to go home. Uh, he has improved his, the oxygen they've got him on. They've been able to cut off a lot of that, and so he's starting to show improvement. Uh, but he still needs a lot of prayer, and he's hoping to be released soon. Here's the bottom line. The more you listen for God's voice, the better you are able to discern it. The more you listen, the more you recognize it, be still before the Lord. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. The first thing is, number one, be still. Second thing is be willing. Be willing. Be willing to do whatever it is that God leads you to do. Be willing. I don't know about you, but so often my prayers are kind of like lists. God, do this. It's like my wish list. If I were you, God, this is how I would do it. God, if you knew what you were doing, it'd be done like this by now, right? I mean, what if instead of going before God with our list of demands, what if instead we came before him with a blank sheet of paper? God, what do you want to say to me? God, what do you want to show me? And then be willing to apply it. I don't know what you might pray for or ask God, but maybe your marriage is tough right now, and so you just ask God, how can I better love a spouse that's not really loving and honoring you right now? and then just listen. God, I don't want to just come to church. I want to be your church. God, show me where to use my gifts to honor you in the church. God, what do I have that would bless someone else? Where do you want me to be generous? God, who is it today that needs encouragement from you? Show me, God. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Now, this is very important. Whatever you do, make sure you obeyed what God showed you last before you want to hear him say something to you next. Make sure you obeyed what God showed you last before you want to hear him say something to you next. Why is it so often that we feel like we haven't heard from God? And I'm thinking maybe because God is saying, remember what I told you to do last time? When you do that, I'll give you something else. Be willing to do what God has put on your heart. And the way I equate it is is to an alarm clock. You have an alarm clock on the side of your bed. The more you consistently hit that snooze button, the less responsive you become to that alarm. And I think sometimes God speaks to us, the Holy Spirit prompts us, and we just keep hitting that snooze button. We keep ignoring the voice of God, and we become less and less sensitive to his prompting. Same thing happens with conviction. You feel convicted about a sin, or God warns you about a temptation, and you just pursue that anyway. Over time, you begin to discern that conviction less and less and less, and you become more free and free in your sin, and you don't ever want to get to that place. So respond immediately to what God is saying. So how do we position ourselves to hear from God? We're going to be still. We're going to be willing. And then number three, we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready. Incredibly important. Be ready because when God speaks, make sure you're ready to do what he says and what he shows you. Think about little Samuel, little boy. He's working for Eli. Certainly, he wants to honor this priest that he's working for, the man of God. And God says to him, this priest is not honoring me. I'm trusting you to have the integrity to carry this message to him, to tell him my judgment is coming. Uh, Turn your heart back to God. Guys, when you pray this, it is a dangerous prayer. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. You have to remember God never gave an assignment to anyone in Scripture that was easy for them to fulfill. And God may speak to you. He may reveal something to you about yourself that you didn't really want to acknowledge, that your next step is to say, here's my sinfulness, here's where I'm wrong, God. I'm sorry, I repent. I turn a different direction. I will go to this person and make that right. God may spur you to do something that you don't really feel qualified to do. God is leading you maybe to lead a neighborhood group, and you've never prayed out loud before, and you're scared to death. God may spark you to go back to school or change careers or move or reach out to your boss that intimidates you and invite your boss to come to church with you. Or to go public with your faith on social media or to be bold somewhere or to forgive someone who wronged you even though they didn't ask for forgiveness and they certainly don't deserve it. There's any number of ways that God could challenge you when you say, speak, your servant is listening. It's a dangerous prayer. This week as we continue our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I would love it if you would have the courage, the faith just to stop before you start your day and say, God, speak to me today. You have permission to interrupt me all throughout my day. God, show me someone who's hurting. Give me the faith to follow your voice. God will speak to you. When he does, you'll be like, I need more details, God. Listen to me. You probably can't handle the details. You just do by faith what God calls you to do. God will take care of the details. All I want you to do is be still, be willing, and be ready to hear from God. If you have a question, ask it, and then just listen. Don't ask him to speak if you don't want to hear what he has to say. It is a dangerous prayer. But the only thing more dangerous than praying this prayer is not praying this prayer. Because if you do pray this prayer, God will stretch you. You will feel unsettled. You will feel uncomfortable. And it will stretch your faith. But if you don't pray this prayer, you will miss out on what a God who loves you and created you for his glory wants to say to you, to do in you, to do through you. It's a dangerous prayer, but it's one you want to pray. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Let's pray.